All right, I'm looking at my content warnings and I don't have any. Isn't that cool? I, I hope so. I think it's cool. Um, so yeah, that brings us to our second warning, which is I'm staring at a cat and we have cats and dogs and chickens and it's still daylight out. So there may be rooster crows. There may be dogs barking. There may be just cats being cats. So you're warned. And then finally, uh, we swear a lot. It's true. Mostly at Sergey yes. these days. Occasionally at computers. Uh, often at WordPress. So, you know, oh. adult language ahead. That's what I can give you. Um, so anyway, welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 295. I have an amazing guest, um, Yvette, later on to talk about how she stays productive as a filmmaker, as a mom, and as a uh, teacher. Cool. So it's pretty wicked cool, yes. Uh, and we'll have that for you in a little bit. But first, the productivity updates. Um, yeah, so what was it? Uh, Thursday, or no, we recorded Tuesday. And I just finished an on-call shift and didn't have any on-call shifts again until today when we're recording Wednesday a week later. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I got some stuff done before I was back on call for the makeup days for last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the big thing was on Wednesday, not Wednesday, yeah, on Wednesday we started my chest tattoo. On Thursday I took the day off to be able to go see Icon for Hire and... Uh, more importantly, to be Ursula's designated driver while she got uh, <laughs> the next round of oral surgeries. The joy. The, the joy. Rapture, and pain. The, the ongoing debugging of WordPress and all that entails. Uh, it was you a, did a lot of WordPress work. We did. Uh, it was a, a good, had a good weekend though, overall. Yeah, yeah. Well, restful. I mean, yeah. I. I laid in bed and redesigned the website and got it to work and it looks good. And I, think I, I, I had uh, the uh, work organized D&D game on Saturday, which was good. It was very nice to play. Um, I like playing, uh, and although I'm planning my return to GMing shortly, so that'll be exciting. Um, and then, you know, two days of good work followed by an intense day today of on call yep so that's you know me at least uh friday i'm taking friday off because i'm going to be at Ma spring MagCon, the magfest organizers co conference there will be another one in the fall and that is my last convention engagement sort of thing until august which is kind of nice um i have yeah. other stuff to do but that's, you know, that's like the big one, right? Um, I somehow have been managing to keep up with my word count on the project that's due in July. And? Uh, and what? You have a whole new website. And I have a whole new website, yes, which, honestly, it was the first day back from surgery. I didn't feel terrible. I coded, the, or I, I coded, I, I made the website in a drag-and-drop thing. No code was involved. I, I put the website together. And that was great. And then my mouth started to hurt. And, like... Yeah. I don't know why 
it started aching so much in a day or two after but because your body's healing and it takes a lot of energy and if you're spending not spending all that energy on healing then it's ends up other places i mean painkillers help they do they do i just uh i resent that being in pain takes energy it is it it is just that's just crap yeah i know yeah. I know it's annoying. It's it's a pain. Um literally. Yes. Yeah. But I uh I have been getting word count done. I've been planting out tomatoes. I should probably be resting more than I am, but but yeah, I no. get restless easily. <laughs> you do. Uh I love the weather. I wish I was spending more time with chickens on call sort of means I spend all day in one spot uh and barely get breaks for food and other things but the weather is really relentlessly spectacular right yes now. i think we're supposed to get thunderstorms on saturday uh i will be in the dc area where it's only supposed to be rain but still uh and oh yes thinking of timing and weather uh you will have to keep a special eye out for what babies Baby chickens. Oh, Lord. The first rounds of hatching is due, like, Monday or Tuesday. So there is a chance they will they will hatch before you... There will be peeping Saturday or Sunday, yes. Okay, I, I don't know what to do if that happens. Absolutely nothing. That, okay, good, I can handle that. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's, the, the big thing I'm worried about is a couple will hatch... The moms will decide. The, I have three hens brooding right now, um, and they'll just decide that. Well, that's it. We're all done. And then the others that I know are developing and due to hatch like a week later will require special handling. So I'm hoping that nothing goes down until Sunday when I'm driving home, or when I when I'll be home. So, um, but I will be doing preparations so that you can just grab all the eggs and run them inside Woo. but uh into into the incubator um in case of you know chicken emergency hi sergey yes case of chicken emergency break glass exactly exactly so I'll, I'll have all that i'll be setting all that up like tomorrow night or friday before i leave for dc okie um, dokie yep uh but uh yeah that's pretty much what's going on here uh, it'll be an exciting week next week because hopefully there will be baby chickens yes hatched the natural way and without me needing to you know do anything special so um yeah uh otherwise i think that's sergey please don't no don't eat the microphone cord you dip um now it's i have to turn off the keyboard so that he can't step on it and uh, make it all go make things stop because that's what you do. So you have a great interview. I do. And we should probably jump to that before Sergey finds a way to uh, to D destroy damage everything. everything. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Yvette, whose last name I'm not going to attempt to pronounce, um, is an um, uh, film editor, uh, film instructor, um, a director, a producer, a writer, and has. Um, a new film out, which is, wow, it's a deep one. Um, 
I want to call it art horror. I really enjoyed it. Um, the Integrity of Joseph Chambers. And we will have that for you. Well, not the film, but we'll have the interview with Yvette for you right after this. folks i am here today with yvette who is all the way out in la which is like a five-hour plane ride for me so that's always exciting um and yvette is here to talk about how she stays productive in the you're in the film industry which is also very exciting right so can you do a significantly better job introducing yourself than i just did sure and, like tell us more about what you do Sure. I, uh, my name is Yvette Amirian. I am a film and television editor. Um, I have also in my career produced, I've written, um, and uh, but primarily I've been on the post-production side. So there's three stages in film production for, for a lot of people who, you know, who might not know. There's pre-production, production, post-production, pre-production is when you're writing, developing, bringing your cast and crew on board. Uh, and production is when people actually go out and film the project, whether it's a TV show or a movie or whatever it is. And then the post-production starts with the editing, which is me putting the pieces together and then goes off to our sound team and our um, uh, colorist and you know VFX and all that sort of fun stuff. And I I actually teach also. I teach at USC, USC's film school. And one of the mm. ways that I like to explain it to my students is that it's similar to, you know, the people in pre-production or the people kind of writing the recipe. Uh, you know, they're putting the pieces together, figuring out how much of what you need, what your budget is. And then the people in production go out and do the shopping for you. They buy all the ingredients. But, I, you know, you as the editor have absolutely no control over whether they're going to buy you a horrible piece of lettuce or something you're going to have to cut. <laughs> and so that's where I come in. I'm sort of the initial, you know, chef where I'm putting those pieces together and then ultimately working very, very, very collaboratively collaboratively, excuse me, with our um, director or producers or showrunners or whoever it is that's on the team uh, that is above me to, you know, tell the best story that we possibly can ultimately. So that's in a nutshell, film post-production and editing. <laughs> and I mean, you and, and you've done some pretty cool things with that. Uh, I was looking at your IMDb page and I'm like, you know, you've, you've worked on some really interesting looking, I haven't had a chance to watch any yet, but, the, uh, you know, documentary projects. And uh, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> earlier in my career, I did a lot of, yes, documentary. I actually started in mm -hmm. narrative and kind of transitioned mm -hmm. to documentary. I did a lot of TV for a while. Um, uh, you know, on the, on the scripted side, I also produced, I, I ran post on a series for a couple of years. So mm -hmm. I've sort of bounced around between both positions and genres. Um, I have done, you were speaking a little bit before we started recording about horror and I've actually done mm -hmm. quite a bit of paranormal and horror and thrillers. My latest project is a theatrical feature that was a thriller. Um, and so I've sort of bounced around quite a bit and the more recent part of my career sort of transitioned out of TV and has focused more in features, both documentary features and my latest which is a narrative feature. 
fun times. And I mean, I'm a big horror person, so I'm, I'll be excited to see it when it comes out, when you can tell us about it, because I know how these things work. Can't actually say anything until it's well, at certain actually, stages. No, it's actually out already. It's a wonderful movie called The Integrity of Joseph Chambers. It premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, and we just released both theatrically and video on demand, so anybody who wants access can watch it on Amazon or um, you know Apple TV, any of those places you can find it on VOD. And um, yeah, it's I'm oh. very proud of it. Really wonderful cast, and an incredible crew and um, filmmaker. So really proud to have been a proud part of it. There's that, that goes on my to watch list as soon as we're done with the interview. There we go. And let's know um, what you think. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the big question that we're all here to hear about is um, how do you stay productive or keep yourself organized? Uh, so yeah. So they're kind of like two different things, right? So productive, mm -hmm. I'm the type of person, I don't know. I feel like there's people out there who, can sort of like work and then sit down and sort of veg out. And I have mm -hmm. a, to be very honest, I have a very hard time doing that. I like to be moving. I like to keep moving. I also have two young kids. So um, my life is always very busy and go, 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 go. But as a result of that, it's impossible to do both that part of my life, the mom part of my life, and then the editor part of my life, and also the teaching part of my life. You know, I have all mm -hmm. these, you know, being a wife and all those things I feel like require a heavy amount of organization. Um, so for me, that's, that's the key. I've kind of always been an organized person naturally. It, it, it's something that I found. I, I, I enjoy keeping things in check. Maybe that's the control freak in me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But as I've gotten older and especially as I've had kids, I've started to realize that that's really the key, like communication with, for me, communication with my partner or in a work setting, it's communication with the director or producers that I'm working with to be able to keep, um, them on track with, this is what I'm going to be doing today. This is what I anticipate getting done. Or, hey, this thing in your schedule sounds like it's a little bit mm -hmm. off from where I think I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> for me, you know, but th that's like the important part of it, right? Like that's that's where the communication, yeah. even like we're going through a construction project right now on my house and, you know, just keeping that part of my life organized as well, which I don't know if you've ever been through that. It's, 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 it's one of the best lessons I've had in not being in control because you literally cannot control anything that they're doing. They like show up one day and don't show up another day, but all of it is yeah. communication. And I've been through a few of them. And so, you know, all of that for me, um, I cannot function without knowing what my days are going to look like. And then, and yeah. then I have certain days where I just sort of like leave free to be with the family and, you know, mm -hmm. but even then there's like some loose structure, like we're going to go to a birthday party today, or we're going to go to the beach today or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. I have to map it out. I have, I have to be able to do that. I don't, I, and, I mean, especially living in LA um, and having like the pickups and the drop-offs and you have to be at the mm -hmm. office time or you have this deadline to meet, you have to be able to map those things out. Yeah. 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 So do you use any tools, any particularly valuable tools for that? I mean, the big thing for me is calendaring, just, you know, having a shared calendar with my husband is a big one. So we have like, you know, I have a color coding system where I have our family stuff uh, under one, the blue, like, you know, I think of my blue stuff is my personal stuff. And then I have a different color for my work. And then he has a totally different color for his work. And every once in a while, we'll get like a Hey, this meeting popped up at three o'clock. Oh no, no, no! I was meant to do that in my personal calendar. Not <laughs> yes, um, that's that's a really big one. Um, emails, just you know, I, I'm very good about if you know, for example, if we have a conversation with the contractor, for example, like putting it all in email and sending it off to make sure that I got mm -hmm. my eyes 
you know, cross my T's and make sure everything is really, really well organized in that sense. Um, I use my notes app a lot on my phone. Oh yeah. I know that. I don't know that that's like a super (laughs) fancy one, but that's, that's a big place. Like if I have a phone number to jot down or if I want to remind myself, you know, to do lists, like to do lists are a big thing for me. Um, and just that satisfactory feeling of getting to cross it off. That's a really big deal. So I'll do Mm -hmm. that a lot for different things. So for example, today was like a day where I had to go, you know, like this whole, I was, I was out sick last week. So this whole week was like, yeah. And it's like everything out. So it was like Monday, I'm going to go, everything in LA is like really far apart from each other. So it's like, you have to drive everywhere you go. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to this part of town on this day and I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to take care of like the sink and the faucet and the this and the that and done. Mm -hmm. I had a mission. I was done with it. Um, (laughs) And I I know like there's a lot of people who will kind of dilly dally with that stuff. I'm a, I'm a very fast decision maker, I have to say. Um, And I think that comes from my line of work because so much of what I do as an editor is making decisions every day. I'm making decisions about where am I going to put this cut? What kind of music am I going to use? What kind of performance am I going to use? Am I going to skew funny? Am I going to skew dramatic? You know, mm-hmm. all of those are decisions. So I'm not the type of person who can like go clothes shopping and be like, let me try it on at this store and let me try it at this store. It's like, if I like something, it's just like, it's done. I don't have to second guess it. So that's a big thing for me that I've developed, I guess, um, that I make those mm-hmm. decisions very, very quickly. Um, I think those are kind of like my key tools as far as organization. Um mm-hmm. It's a, it's a lot, it's a lot to juggle. And then you add to that. I know your kids you mentioned are older, but you know, like when we were in the middle of the pandemic and they were doing everything online and like follow, you know, first you got to do this on Google classroom and this on this program and this on this program. Like it's a lot, it's a lot to juggle. It's also something that I think for me, as my older son is getting to the age where he has to start doing that stuff himself, like trying Mm -hmm. to instill in him those organizational skills, trying to instill in him, how do you hold yourself accountable for the things that you have to get done, whether it's homework or a project. So like a planner is a big part of that. He has an <laughs> iPad now. So adding him to our calendar, all of those- <laughs> yeah, yes. it's true. Like, you know, so um, they have to learn. I, it's, it's a very different world that they're going into now mm-hmm. than it was for us. You know, everything was, Oh yeah written down when I was in college, you know, there was no, I mean, email was, yes, it was a thing, but it wasn't on my phone. You know, I had to physically go home to check my email. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have this easy access when I, when I was yeah. going through, I think I, I think I was maybe two or three years out of college where we started getting like Blackberries. And a few years later we got iPhones. And so none of that existed. And now there's these kids who are going out in the world and they have access to everything at their fingertips. And of course it's something we talk about in workplace culture, right? Like there's yeah. that demand. So how do we train our kids, you know, going, you know, how do you, how do you balance that? Cause everyone wants a response from you now. <laughs> and it's, it's been interesting because across my career, I've even, uh, go even further back. Um, because when I started in IT, you know, if we, if I was on call, I had a pager. Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah. Oh, we have pagers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and no cell phone. So if I got paged, I literally, if I was out of the office, I literally had to find like a payphone, uh, which don't like exist anymore. Movies, right? Like it was yeah. just like a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Now everything's um, an emergency. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's part of it. We, we talk a lot about in my industry about alert fatigue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in that you're getting, you're getting so many notices, you're getting so many alerts, you have to start filtering them, you have to start just to take the cognitive load off, or you will burn yourself out, especially if it's, you know, if 
you're over alerting in an IT and like job, then you know you're doing something wrong because then you're trying to treat everything as an emergency, even if it isn't. Um, and it's it's a real thing that's happened to more and more people, especially now that we're like you know our phones ding social media, ding an email, ding a text from mom, ding you know all of that sort of thing. So yeah. it's yeah. something you have to learn, right? Yeah, you have to sort of detach yourself mm-hmm. from it almost intentionally, you know, like leave your phone in the other room to be able to disconnect, Yeah, which I think is important. And I, I did start to realize that during the pandemic, especially because that kept all of us so connected that we mm-hmm. were watching our phones so closely for everything, like almost like addicted to it. So having to kind of put that distance um, between them is really important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I guess we lucked out because it was the last semester the last half of my youngest senior year when the pandemic hit. So he already had a lot of that. Yeah. So he didn't get a real graduation, but on the other hand, it's, you know, he'd already had, like, he was already used to using all of the online tools because they did anyway. Yeah. So yeah. 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 (laughs) All right. Now uh, I have to ask, okay, iPad, um, I, I'm going to work on the theory of using an iPhone and it's the iPhone notes app and, uh, yeah, yeah. which shared calendar though, Google, uh, Microsoft. Just, uh, well, I don't actually, that's a good question. Cause I'm on a <laughs> Apple, but he's on something else. He, he set it up to be honest. And we've just been, but I, <laughs> I'll add it, I'll add it to my Apple calendar and it'll transfer over. I think it's Google calendar. If I'm now yeah. remembering it correctly. Yeah, I mean, my iPhone talks, all my stuff goes through Google, but it's on an iPhone, so yeah. Yeah, Google Docs is something that we use a lot, too, when we're sharing, you know, that kind of information, uh, whether it's, for example, like, the kids' summer schedules and camp schedules and, you know, just trying to... yeah. Yeah, it's like a whole thing. (laughs) Here's the spreadsheet we made to track who's at what camp where and whose turn it is to pick up, and yeah. um, That's the kind of... Like I talked to my, like my mom about it now in retrospect and she'll Mm. often comment like, we just like, you just stayed home during the summer. And it's like, now it's like a thing. You have to have them in all these different activities and make sure that they're constantly, (laughs) you know, going. And it's a, it's part of the nature, I think of how things have evolved, but it is kind of funny that, you know, we keep them so busy, I guess. I, it was, uh, I think the interesting thing about it was when, uh, we had two pandemic refugees, two friends mm-hmm. who didn't have a place to live as things got worse and worse. And so we had space. We moved them in here. But then I was going like old school to the point of, okay, we need to take turns on cleaning the kitchen. Mm. Right? And I was, I almost, almost bought one of those charts you see in classrooms where you put an index card with a name oh, in it. Oh, and the, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> we Instead, I made a spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we yeah, yeah, yeah. With the kids, we've done things like that for chores. We've done it for like mm-hmm. potty training, like all those things, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, potty training so long ago, and I'm so, so long bad. ago. I'm just. Potty- <laughs> <laughs> um. So okay, now we've we've talked about tools. We've talked about sort of how you're doing it, but are there any like habits or systems that are really valuable in all of that? Um. I think like one of the central things for me is getting mm-hmm. a chance to exercise, even if it's just my, my big thing is like, I'll walk on the treadmill. So that is something that I try to build my day around Mo- most days. It's been a little mm-hmm. bit harder with this construction project, but 
it was like a big thing for me. And, and I think also like, again, when you have kids and when you have the kind of job that I do very deadline driven, you end up having Mm -hmm. to sort of map out your days in a very specific way. So it's like, you know, we're usually up by six, six 30, get everyone ready for school, drop them off. I've been mostly working from home. So it's actually coming back home to walk take a quick shower. And then I sit down on my desk and that way I'm like hyper-focused because one of the things that happens for me is if I have a to-do mm-hmm. list kind of separate from my work that I have to get to, my I'm too distracted. I have to check off the boxes for those other things, even if it's something as simple as walking on the treadmill, because then it's on my mind like, oh, that's something I still have to do today. So I try right. to get through those basic things as early as I possibly can so that when I sit down, I'm so hyper-focused that I can just push through until I have to stop. And that's usually when they come home from school or, you know, on the days when I have to pick them up. And one of the blessings of the mm-hmm. pandemic um, and working from home has been that, you know, I get to sort of stop down <clears throat> and be with my family yeah. or do things that I need to do around the house. And then for me, I'm a bit of a night owl. So I actually will jump back on because everything we do is computer based. After mm-hmm. I'll actually jump back on and I'll get to, I'll get like an extra, you know, sort of shift of work almost. Um, and for me, that's worked really well. So that's sort of been like my unofficial schedule, I guess, is, you know, wake up by 6.30, get him to school by 8, 8.30, back home, walk. I'm sitting at my desk by around 9, 9.30 at the latest. And I just push through until around three or four when I have to stop down. And then I'll actually jump back on usually around 10 o'clock and I'll do like another push until 12 or two. Um, and, and that actually works well for me. Um, and even though I don't get as much sleep as I would like, and that's obviously like when I'm on a project, it's a little bit different if I'm not on a project or if I'm just teaching because my teaching hours are a little bit different. So it varies. It varies, you know, semester to semester, it varies between projects, but that's sort of what my working hours, um, have been like, and it's worked really well Mm -hmm. for me and it's allowed me to be really productive. It's allowed me to get one of the things that's hard, um, with editing sort of like writing, I guess, is you get into the zone and you don't want to stop. But, you know, if you have a kid to pick up or you have, you know, oh, yeah. or, or a meeting that you're going into, you're just going to have to stop. So organization in in my line of work is an entirely different mm-hmm. thing. I, harp on. I was just harping on it last night to my students. So that's an entirely different level of organization that you have to be able to keep track of what you're doing, how you're doing it, backing things mm-hmm. up properly. That's a huge part. Organization is such a key part of what I do as a living as an editor. Yeah. And, and man, you just rolled through question number four as part of that. So awesome. We don't have to do that one. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. Um, now we know what your typical day looks like, but because you have this, you, you have that routine and the routine and the, the actual term for it is time boxing. Like mm-hmm. here are the times, here are the boxes I do things in. So, yes. you know, that's very important, right? Um, and uh, even in my line of work, it's like, yes, I can get heads down on a problem or on a thing I'm working on. And then boom, there's a meeting. Or if I'm on call that week, boom, something has just fallen over and I have to go fix it. And that throws everything into disarray because that because of that interruption. If I don't like I can plan around the meetings, I can't plan around on call week. No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But, uh, uh, and honestly, the most productive thing I, I think any of us did during the pandemic, although I've been work from home since 2011. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but, uh, the most productive thing was getting rid of our commutes. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Especially yeah. today. Uh, that mm-hmm. was, I think back to it, there was one job that I did. So 
uh, I like there's sort of like kind of closer to the West side by the beach. That's a drive mm-hmm. because I don't live out there. And I remember I did that commute for years and oh, I really? yeah. like an hour and a half to two hours in the car driving each way. One of the things I did on that project in particular actually was I asked them if I could have access to a hard drive so that I could edit from mm-hmm. home, but I was producing. And thankfully the producer who I, the showrunner who I had worked with, he knew me really well. And he said, Yvette, I wouldn't trust anybody else to do this, but you, cause I know your work ethic and I know how yeah. organized you are and how driven you are. Um, and that was wonderful for me because I got to, I got to go in, you know, anywhere from three to four times a week, but the rest of the time mm-hmm. I was actually working from home and it worked so beautifully and showed me that it absolutely was possible. And the rest of the time I was either in the office or I was on set because I was producing as well. So yeah. it just gave me so much flexibility where not only did mm-hmm. I, you know, the, the, the time of the commute, but it also allowed me, you know, I mean, look, there's a lot of conversations about working hours. And I think like being on a set is a little bit of a different situation than somebody who's editing, especially editing from home. If I'm in an office, you know, yes, there are days where if I'm on a deadline, I'll be there until really, really late at night. But if it's in my own home, it's a little bit different. I'm still working yeah. the 10 hours or the 12 hours or whatever I'm allowed, I'm supposed to be working, but I'm mm-hmm. breaking up in a little bit of a different way. So for me, that's worked really well. And I hope it's oh, yeah. that, at least in a hybrid fish, fashion. I hope it sticks around um, because I've been mostly working on independent projects. That's been a little bit easier to do for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely made my productivity skyrocket in terms of actually oh, getting yeah. work done. And it's, it's actually nice. Uh, the company I work for right now is much, it literally says somewhere in, in all of our like public facing things, we, we don't care what hours you work. Mm-hmm. We care about the results. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. That's, I've been, I think a lot of us, I mean, across the board, mm-hmm. not just in, in film, but a lot of people have been pushing for at least on anybody who's able to like do work from a computer or do things in a remote fashion. This is one of the few things I think in the industry, maybe writing and producing as well um, yeah. that you can do in a remote fashion. And if you're getting the mm-hmm. work done and it's showing, then I feel like that's, you know, that's really all, all that matters. The The downside of course is there's, there's a, you know, everything that we do as filmmakers is hugely mm-hmm. collaborative. So that yeah. a, to actually like be with each other in a room, that's where a lot of that creative process uh, unfolds. And so that part of it, I think is really integral. You can't have none of that. You have to have at least some of that, yeah. but there's, there is a balance in, in doing it and allowing people to have that freedom and that flexibility in, in what they need to do and how they do it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, since we know what your day looks like and we don't have to ask that question, we can move right on into the fun ones. Okay. At least the ones I think are fun. Sure. Um, and so let's let's start with uh, the best advice uh, you've been given. What's the best advice you've been given? And uh, mm. or in addition to the best advice you have, uh, you would give someone else. Okay, I think probably the best advice I've been given is to I don't know how to phrase it. I'm off. I, I especially when I was younger, I feel like I was always. Like I wanted to get to where I was going fast and that idea mm-hmm. of just slowing down and enjoying the process and that it'll happen eventually. The thing that you're chasing, whatever that thing is, it'll happen eventually. And that especially as a freelancer, you're sort of always going to be hustling a little bit. That's just part of the nature oh. of what we do. It sort of never ends. Yeah. So 
being present, I think is probably what I'm trying to get at is being present and enjoying the moment, whether it's in your family life or your work life. And, you know, you're, you're never going to be able to experience that particular project, that particular collaboration ever again. So whether it's a positive Mm -hmm. or a negative, you know, learn something from it, take something away from it. As far as advice that I give, um, I think one of the biggest pieces or the most common piece of advice I find myself giving, and especially as a teacher and to my students, Mm -hmm. the idea of kindness, um, both in the industry and, you know, kind of whatever, whatever line of work they go into, um, workplace culture, depending on where you are and who you're amongst, like it can be aggressive, it can be very toxic. And I think especially the kids coming out of those colleges have the ability to help shape and shift that narrative. And so just because that's, you know, a culture that we came from where it was more difficult doesn't mean that it's what they have to go into. And I think for me, you know, even when I haven't been treated with kindness, making sure that I have the positive attitude, I'm holding my, my own, I'm, I'm the one being a professional. I think that's something that is imperative. Um, and I think, just remembering that, especially in times of tension and stress, because it is mm-hmm. a stressful industry, it is a stressful line of work. Um, you know, not losing it, making sure if you need a break, you know, take the break, take a breather, come back when you're in a calmer headspace. I think maintaining that kindness is is very, very important for everybody, for the morale that you're creating around yourself, for the people that you are impacting, whether that's the imp- intern that you're talking to or the producers that you're working with, and you know, by that same token, your reputation is really everything in this industry. It really precedes oh, yeah. you. So much of what we do, like every job that I've gotten is because I've been referred by somebody else um, or somebody has put my name in the hat. So, um, you know, if there's rumors going around that you're not a fun person <laughs> to work with or you're a difficult person to work with, that's you can bet that that's going to impact whether or not those people want to hire you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even watch it amongst the big names who should know better Mm. all the time. Like, you know, I, you would see, we really wanted this person to be on this project, but they were very Mm. difficult to work with or, um, or the, you know, the famous, why isn't the rock in anything past fast eight? Um, you know, because he and Vin Diesel had disagreements. And so Vin Diesel said, no, I haven't heard about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're, we're big we're big Vin Diesel fans uh, here. So yeah, um, I tend to keep up with a little more of the gossip around the fast and the furious. And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, so that's, that's the first fun question. Okay. Um, the second is the sad one. Uh Oh, it's still fun, but it's the sad question. Um, and that is how do you deal with failure or when you miss a goal? Well, um, being in the entertainment industry is not, I think, for the faint of heart, for anybody who has a hard time dealing with, um, I don't like the word failure. I think it's mm-hmm. missed opportunities is a good way of putting it or, um, rejection maybe, you know, that's something oh, yeah. you hear about it a lot with actors, right? Oh, they're going to these auditions. They're dealing with constant mm-hmm. rejection. It's very similar to other other line, lines of work, whether you're an editor or a production right. designer, or cinematographer or a director or a writer. I mean, how many mm-hmm. people are out there putting their projects and being told no, 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 no. Um, and so you have to have the type of personality that, yeah, is you're, you've got to be a hustler. You got to be the type of person mm-hmm. who can go out and network because your network is the only thing that's going to get you more of those jobs or more of those projects. Um, and if you don't have that in you, if that's not your personality, you got to learn. <laughs> uh, and it took me- <laughs> 
very shy. I was very, I hated going out. I hated doing the, the networking and things, but now I've, I have so much fun with it. I think I used to be really nervous about it. Now I've just sort of understood that it's not only kind of a part of what we do, it's a part of what our job is, but I've also made so many amazing friends that, that it takes that pressure off of like, oh, I'm not going in with some sort of agenda. It's just, who am I going to meet? How, who, who, you yeah. know, who am I going to connect with? Who am I going to become friends with? One of my closest friends in the industry initially contacted me for a work thing and we've never worked together, but she's one of my best friends. And that friendship means everything to me, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think, I think the way that I look at it is if, if I don't get something that I really wanted, it wasn't, mm-hmm. meant. um, you know, it sounds cheesy, but I really do believe that everything is, ha- you know, happens for a reason. So I've been on projects where I'll give you like one example. I was supposed to cut, um, a movie, a TV movie that I was super excited about because it would have been like a huge pivot into a genre that I wanted. And that project mm-hmm. fell apart. And I was really oh. devastated because I had, um, for, for no, by the way, like no, nothing to do with me. Right. It was just, I don't know. I right. can't remember was they lost funding or whatever it was that happened. And I had already stepped away from teaching for that semester. I was really upset. And this project came along. It was a documentary feature that ended up going on to, you know, be really beautiful. I was so proud of it. I got a lot of work because of it. We also got nominated for an Emmy for that project. So, you know, none of that would have happened if the other project had kept going. And that other project, it eventually came back into the mix and they ended up producing it, you know, because I would, I couldn't be on it. And it was sort of like enough, it didn't really go anywhere. So yeah. you, you never know, like something that feels like it's going to be this huge um, failure. And this is something I talk to a lot of my, my, my friends about is, yeah, you know, you interview for something and then somebody else gets it and you look it up, like who are, who got it? You know, how, how, why were they more qualified and trying to learn from those? Like, well, what was it yeah. that they were looking for? Or what was it that I said or did in the interview that maybe didn't, and sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's, well, the producer wanted this person or, you know, they wanted someone with this much, this particular type of experience that yeah, oh yeah, that you can do. And again, it, it all comes down to control. I've, I've learned that a lot as I've gotten older, like you cannot control everything around you and, and you're going to have instances where you're going to, you know, not be able to do the types of work that you want to do. And how do I get myself closer to that goal? Or maybe it feels like I, you know, dodged that opportunity and something better came along. Yes. Yeah. Or there's a couple times where I, uh, you know, when I was looking for jobs. It's like after, you know, I didn't get the job and then I hear about, you know, the person who got the job or whatever. I'm like, you know, I dodged a bullet. Yeah. I didn't want to work on that project or I didn't want to work for that company. Uh, so, yeah, it's all good. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. Okay, the happy question. Okay. The happy question. Do you celebrate your successes? And if so, how? I I do. Not in like big ways. Like little, it's little things. Yeah. Like I remember when I was younger, like this is before kids, but I, there was a big project that I really wanted to get. Actually, it might've been the one where we got nominated for the Emmy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something I had had my, I think it was like a purse that I had had my eye on and I got it. Like it was just like a tiny little thing, but it's actually, now it's become my work bag. That's the bag that I take to like every interview that I go on. Mm -hmm. I big, you know, it was just a, it was a big moment for me and I wanted to be able to mark that. Um, And then other things, like now as I've gotten older, a lot of it is like celebrations Mm -hmm. with my family, getting to spend a dinner out with my husband and, you know, just sort of saluting to that success. And for him too, that's something that, Mm -hmm. you know, 
we've gotten into the habit of doing of doing because as I've gotten older, I've realized experiences are far more uh, important than the material things. And so getting to spend that time with my loved ones and um, and especially with him because he's my my partner in life and yeah. I wouldn't do what I do without him and without his support. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely a big thing for me is, uh, it's gotten less frequent, unfortunately, as we've had, <laughs> it feels like it's like, we'll go out and it'll be like, okay, this is for like that job. And also for this thing that you did. And also we got the house. <laughs> so it's your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but all, all of it is, um, I mean, any time I can spend with him is, is a good thing. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no. And I am, I am a hundred percent on with the experiences are more important yeah. uh, kind of thing. We've reached a point now where we're like, yeah, if we want something, we can have it, but do we really need it? Do we want it? Do they, you know, like I have Lego sets. Do I need them? No. Do I want them? Yes. Do I save them for when I just need to be able to focus on a task from start to finish and, and get a Zen moment that way? Oh, absolutely. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's, I would much rather, or, uh, you know, than, than spend money on big, big glitzy things. Uh, sure. yeah, absolutely. traveled, we, we traveled a lot more than we do now. Right. Um, and right. hopefully that's picking up some next year. Um, sure. sort of like, here's, here's a country we haven't been to yet. Check, check that off our list. Um, next year kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's definitely something yeah. as, as they get older, I hope to be able to do again is getting to travel and experience that. Yeah. Only, only three continents left and I will visit it all seven. Oh, wow. So. <laughs> <I love that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's everything. I mean, cool. almost everything. Um, uh, as I was saying before the, uh, the interview, um, oh, we're fine. We're great. We don't need money. I don't monetize the podcast. Um, we don't really monetize anything we do in this sort of space. I'm in it to talk to people and to share and, and to help people. But uh, um, so we ask all our guests, um, at least since 2021, for a charity uh, they'd like our listeners to give their money to instead of to us, since we I don't need it. And I'm sure someone else needs it way more than we do. That's, I love that sentiment. That's amazing that yeah. you do that. Yeah. Um, and so who would you like our people to support this oh, week? Um, gosh. Uh, well, I, uh, one of my favorites, so I'm Armenian. I'm very proud. Um, mm -hmm. My, you know, I'm, my family's from Armenia and Iran, you know, they immigrated here and I was born and raised here, but it's a huge part of who I am and what my identity is. And uh, it's very important to me that like, you know, we speak it fluently, that my kids speak mm -hmm. it fluently. And one of the organizations that both their schools and, and I have supported for a long time is the Armenia Fund. Um, it's a wonderful organization. They do a telethon every year that helps contribute to um, to the people who need it there. And uh, over the past couple mm -hmm. of years, there's been a, a war going on in the neighboring country that has made things very difficult. So that's something that, mm -hmm. um, that I'm really passionate about. So the Armenia Fund, I think, is one that I am consistently yeah. contributing to. And I'd love more people to sort of familiarize themselves and become aware of it. Yes. And that's, um, I, I'm, and there are so many, so many funds or there, there are so many smaller countries who are in similar and, and smaller groups that are in similar things that, that need that type of help. Uh, it's yeah. wonderful to, you know, be able to support one that has had, uh, um, a lot of 
historical um, difficulties. So yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate the fact that you're hoping to you know um, share mm-hmm. that with your listeners and get people to discover new ones that they wouldn't otherwise know about. So oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. That is, that is all the official stuff. Um, I, I get the feeling there was something that when your publicity person reached out, like that you were probably, uh, promoting, but where can we find you online? Is there anything you want to promote while you're here? Um, um I think, I think the movie that I mentioned is the, the most recent mm-hmm. thing. And I have a couple of, um, short films as well that are playing at big festivals that I'm excited about and hopefully we'll be able Ooh. to share more on very soon. Um, but the, this most recent one, the integrity of Joseph chambers that was released is one that I'm really proud of. And I hope more people will get to watch and experience. And, um, yeah, I'd love to know what you think when you have a chance to check it out. Oh, I, I, uh, I do love, uh, uh, new, new films, new creators, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. Um, awesome. Well, then we will all go out. At least I'm going to check out the integrity of Joseph Chambers probably before this actually airs. So the people oh, wow. at home who are listening to this now, I haven't watched it yet, but by the time you're listening, I will have. Perfect. So yeah. Really fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I try to make it fun. And uh, thank you so much. Um, thank you. You know, and anytime you want to come back, you just say the word, we'll make it happen. I love that. I love that. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. next time I have something <laughs> exciting to share. <laughs> I, uh, it's always exciting. Or I've come I, up with uh, some new uh, productivity tools that could help. <laughs> that could there help you go. You. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate and, your time. And uh, for the people at home, we will be right back after this. are back wasn't that great was that just a great talk um i thought it was fascinating and i really enjoyed it and yeah so let's uh let's hope we get to hear from yvette again because it was uh i it was a lot of fun in my book so hey i have a word 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 the word this week is film editor all one word no space and that is because, you know, that's Yvette's primary thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of obvious when you get right down to it. Uh, and you can use that word on productivityalchemy.com. How can you use that word, you ask? I'm asking, how can you use that word, Kevin? Oh, thank you for the setup. Uh, you go to productivityalchemy.com. You go to the spot where there's an activity code box. And you just type it in and you push submit and you get a badge. Woo! A badge, yes, a shiny image with metadata. It is an open badge that talks about the achievement you just earned. Isn't that awesome? I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah, and there are all kinds of other things going on at productivityalchemy.com. 
including uh, the notes from this show with links to things. The, uh, you know, prior shows, you can listen to them. You can look at their show notes. You can look at a biography of Ursula and myself. You can find out why I do this in the first place, which is, you know, a question that people ask. Why do you do this? Because, well, mostly because it's fun. Uh, But that is all there, plus a bunch more. But there is something important that you must not click. No, indeed. Do not click. Do not click. The, nope. the Bluebeard's link. The click Bluebeard's not. link. Yes, it's the one that says support. And what you'll find under there, you know, is the Patreon link and the Kofi link because, uh, you know. They're obligatory. Kind of at this point, yeah. Uh, but you don't need to do that. You, you really don't. The thing you should do is you should go out and you should give money to someone who needs it way more than we do. Absolutely. And, and are you ready for who that is this week? Who is it this week? It is the Armenia Fund. Interesting. Um, so the Armenia Fund is the largest um, pan-international fund. Uh, what they're doing is they're doing uh, sustainable and positive changes, sustainable development, and positive changes uh, in the Armenian homeland, which, um, you know, Armenia has had a rough history. Um, yeah, that that. Yes. Honestly, uh, the scope of that history, it would require uh, a much longer podcast than we have available. Yes, yes. So the Armenia Fund, and I'm quoting from their webpage, is the largest pan-Armenian humanitarian organization. Our mission is to connect the people of Armenia with the worldwide Armenian diaspora to create a better homeland for the Armenian nation. Um, so they are... Uh, Working in Armenia and uh, Artsakh, Artsakh. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, they're working on quality and accountability. They're doing education work, um, and uh, you know, providing meals for families and dis- uh, displaced families and children, or um, medical shipments to uh, survivors of the war. Construct- construction of clean water. I mean, all that sort of things is what they're doing over there. Which is very important. It is very important. And uh, Yvette, as uh, someone who is Armenian, uh, was very passionate about this as well. So there you go. That is our fund this week. Oh, So you know what? I'm going to relax. It's Wednesday, so that means we have both a new um, Mandalorian episode and a new uh, Brokenwood Mysteries for tonight Yay! to watch after I'm done editing. And that's what I'll be doing after I'm done and what we'll be doing. And for the rest of you, remember that downtime is an essential part of your productivity and your mental health. So take some, you know, and remember that healing is being productive. <laughs> I heard that. <laughs> And do your best, no matter what it looks like, this coming week, to stay productive. I get bored. Well, there are ways you can rest and not be bored. Yeah.